A secret meeting between Elon Musk and the employees of Twitter has been leaked. We've got the receipts. Joining me today, again, the great Libby Emmons from the Post Millennial. But I want to remind you guys that AmericaFest.com is open for business. Secure your tickets now. Don't be coming to me looking at after the election. Don't be coming to me early December, Thanksgiving timeframe, saying, oh, Poso, can you get me in? Get me on the list for AmericaFest? No. Do it right now. AmFest.com, promo code POSO. It's Charlie Kirk, Tucker, Steve Bannon, Benny Johnson, Senator Hawley, Kaylee McEnany, Candace Owens, the great Tim Poole, Lauren Chen, Mike Lindell himself, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, Ali Stuckey. Look, if you're not there, I don't even know where you're going to be. AmFest.com, promo code POSO. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is October 27th, 2022. Anno Domini, Elon Musk taking the reins at Twitter. A couple of days early, people said that he wasn't originally scheduled to sign off on the deal until Friday, but it looks as though he has been officially appointed. Obviously, we all saw this video yesterday of him walking in with the sink. And there's now a private speech that's been given by Elon Musk within the confines of Twitter's headquarters itself in San Francisco. And we've got a little bit of insight into this from some reporting that's come out. But one thing remains clear. This is not just a fight about Twitter. This is not just about Elon Musk. This isn't about me. This isn't about any of you. This is about freedom of speech itself. This is about the fight for the future, the new public square. And so we need to analyze every single one of these new moves through that lens, through the lens of whether or not we will have actual freedom of speech, freedom of association, freedom of dialogue here in the United States and the West writ large, or if we will go back to the censorious regime of the last six years. Because let's keep in mind, 2016 happened, and then the ban hammer, the censorship, and the dark ages began. If 2016 hadn't happened, they would have left the internet completely free and open. And these organizations like the Integrity Initiative, these NATO-funded cabals and coalitions, they wouldn't exist. They wouldn't have gotten any traction. Why? Because the original idea was that the internet should always be open and free, following the ideals of the First Amendment. This is the fight we are in that we have to fight first before we can go to anything else. Because if we do not have the ability to speak, if our tongues are ripped out of our mouths, we will not have the ability to debate any other issue. That's what this is about. So joining me to break all this down again is the great Libby Emmons, the editor in chief of the Post Millennial. Libby, what do we know going forward about this private speech that Elon supposedly gave at the Twitter headquarters in San Francisco? Well, the main thing we know is that he said he was not, in fact, going to fire 75% of the staff. So I think that should be good news for Twitter employees. We've seen some of them totally freaking out on Twitter about uh, the alleged firings. And 
Well, do wait, wait. wait. Do you think that yeah. was that an option of him? Did he leak that himself because he wanted to see who would be most upset by it to create a list <laughs> of maybe like right like the people that absolutely have to go are the ones that are the most mad about it. And so what do you do? You say that you're coming in, you're going to fire everybody. Then all the people pop up and you say, okay, get rid of those guys. Let's move forward. That's actually really funny, but I bet that's not what happened. I don't know. I'm just saying Elon's known as an unorthodox kind of uh, kind of player there. Think? Yeah, a little I bit. mean, if people were really mad about it and I were Elon Musk, I'd want to talk to them about it and see what their issue was. Perhaps that's true. You know, the people who are most upset about the potential return to a free speech oriented platform would be the ones who should probably be first to go because they're not going to be able to uphold the values of this company. No, I think that's exactly it because, you know, not only that, but you see these videos and it's not just uh, Twitter, you know, obviously we saw Facebook meta take this huge stock plunge recently um, just in the past 24 hours after trading yesterday, even after we recorded this show. And then today just absolutely in the tank, because at the end of the day, Facebook doesn't provide any actual service to the world. Um, Twitter has right. got the monopoly on on news and politics, right? That's really what Twitter is. Mm -hmm. They've just got the monopoly on that. And really it's uh, sports is a huge issue for it as well, as well as entertainment media. But when it comes to Facebook, you know, Google, of course, they've got uh, Gmail, they've got Google Calendar, Google Maps, they've got the search. Those are service-based. Facebook, I don't know what that's for. And then even Instagram, uh, they've been trying to get people to push ahead with these reels and this new content. But TikTok is just, you know, for all that we can say about TikTok, it's clearly mm -hmm. eating up the entire market when it comes to that. And certainly for young people, even though I do believe that it's a CCP control, uh, mind control um, virus that they're infecting. I agree. With. I agree. Um, no, but, but the point is they've got the market share. They just have it in Facebook. I don't know what's driving anyone to sign up for Facebook or any of the meta products right now. But let's get back to Twitter a minute because when it comes down to it, right, you have these people in tech posting these videos constantly like they're in some kind of adult daycare. And they all have this weird sort of it's like a cross between Valley Girl and Vocal Fry and Uptalk. So today I took my first meeting at six in the morning. <laughs> I got there. I had my breakfast. Obviously, I got my coffee. Um, they also they all use the word obviously wrong, by the way. Have you ever, have you noticed that? Mm hmm. Yes. They Obviously, I got my coffee. Wrong. Why is that obvious? That's not obvious. <laughs> also, I will have to correct you because it was a matcha smoothie. It was not a coffee. Oh, my so, goodness. A matcha smoothie. You know. Yeah. Get rid of all yeah. of those. Get rid of all of these like <laughs> weird, you know, relaxation rooms that don't seem to have anybody mm -hmm. in them. You know, I wanted to the basically room, look. The yoga yeah, room. I, yeah, I wanted pretty much to look the like the. the look, when I was in the Navy, right. And we visited. So Tanya and I were when we were in. Uh, Baton Rouge over the weekend, we visited a an old World War II destroyer that they have there in the Mississippi River. And you you go on that ship. I mean, there's it's you want to talk no frills, right? And they pointed out, they said, well, how could people live like this for months on end? And, they, and there's a little plaque that said, well, the, the cramped living quarters and the low spaces and the fact that there's nowhere else to go was uh, would have been pretty normal for someone who had grown up during the Great Depression, like most sailors did during <laughs> World War II. So they were used to it as opposed to what we have today. And I said, I'm good with that. That's how that's how all the employees of Twitter should work. I mean, I want this to be a cross between like uh, Wolf of Wall Street um, and, you know, the thousand monkeys at a thousand typewriters. 
you know, kind of thing. And then also those World War II cramped conditions when you're in the Navy. I think if we find that Venn diagram of people who just want to be there to work and actually turn a profit, then we're good. I also loved what Elon said. Um, I don't know if it was in this private meeting or not, but he said, he said, look, people are free. Twitter employees are free to work from home as much as they want, just not for Twitter. Right. You know, I think <laughs> that you're really hitting on something because Americans have severely lost the desire to work. They've lost an understanding of the value of hard work as well. And we see this all over the place. We see this with this, you know, ridiculous soft quitting trend or the Broadway actress who said that she was only going to give 75% in her performances because, you know, she thought that's just what it called for. And I think this is ridiculous. Hard work is relevant, it's important, it's meaningful, and it's what keeps our civilization moving forward. All of these people who don't want to work hard, why is anyone giving these people jobs? What is it that they're possibly even do, contributing? Do you guys out there in the audience have any opinions on this? Tweet us your responses, tweet us your questions at Human Events Pod on Twitter. We're coming up on our first break, but we're going to be coming back with Libby Emmons of the Post Millennial talking about the secret Elon speech at Twitter headquarters. Stay tuned. Folks, are you getting concerned about all the military conflicts around the world? Well, I am. So let me ask you a question. Are you prepared if the unthinkable happens? In other words, do you have a good stockpile of emergency food? If not, go right now to MyPatriotSupply.com. You will get a $250 discount off a three-month emergency food kit from MyPatriotSupply, the nation's largest preparedness company. That's right. Save $250 if you act now. MyPatriotSupply wants to help American families be prepared for what's coming. So they rolled back their price to what it was in 2019 before inflation went wild. Their three-month emergency food kit provides an abundance of breakfast, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks. Be sure to get one kit for each family member. It helps avoid fights. You probably need this food very soon. To grab yours today, go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Your order ships fast and free in unmarked boxes for your privacy. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now, MyPatriotSupply.com. Because I was doing the whole okay groomer thing, and they didn't like that, and they put me in timeout, um, you know, double secret probation, and it wore off, and I came back, and I had to go poke the bear, and I, I went to the same people and said, okay, child sexualization specialist, which I thought was really clever. Well, wait, and, because um, they, wait, but hold on, but <laughs> I see what you're doing there, because they told you that you couldn't say groomer anymore. So you said, all yeah. right, I'm not going to say groomer, but I, you have to say something. Do you have to say something? They're they're sexualizing children. You have to say something. So I called the same person, a child sexualization specialist, and they nuked me from orbit. That was the end of that. Um, rip me. So Dr. James Lindsay talking about how he was banned on Twitter for saying, OK, groomer. Now, Libby, you and I were chatting yesterday that we think and Elon's talked about this. We have those text messages a blanket amnesty, a general amnesty for all permabans on Twitter, mm -hmm. bring back the POWs of the great meme war, release all of them, and then set up a new system, right? Of whatever your terms of service is, everybody has to click it. Even if Elon wants to publish new, they say, hey, here are the new rules of the road. Everybody gets one mm -hmm. chance. Everybody gets a chance to come back. Institute, if it's going to be three strikes, you have to actually follow the, the three strikes because that's what they got Alex Berenson on. That's why he was able to come back um, because they showed that Twitter didn't even follow their own three strikes rule with him. But then just let everybody back on. Just go ahead and do it. Why not? Um, my question is, all right, so Dr. James Lindsay is one. 
who else, who else is on the Libby Emmons list of people that absolutely deserve to get their Twitter accounts back? Okay, so I'm going to go with Donald Trump should get his Twitter account back. I think that's a huge deal. Love him or hate him. He really made the platform very entertaining and an awful lot of fun. Digging back to 2018, I think- I, I've always Murphy said that he's- object- get- Yeah. Oh, by the way, I, I've always said that that Trump is objectively the most successful Twitter user, right? Just objectively, yes. right? You know, in 35,000 tweets, he was able to get himself elected president. So just objectively, he's been more effective at the platform than anyone else. I love that. That's so funny. Yeah, right? and uh, nobody's indifferent to Donald Trump. Um, and everyone wants to read his tweets. It doesn't matter right. if you like them or you don't like them. You want to read these tweets. Uh, that's the only reason anyone signed up to Truth Social either. Uh, that's the reason I signed up. I wanted to see what he was going to say. But yeah, well, I do like I do think, by the way, and I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to tee off. I'm going to tee off what, something we said yesterday, though, in that mm-hmm. we shouldn't keep all of our eggs in the Elon Musk bucket. And so that's why I want to keep my getter. I want to keep my truth social. I want to keep my telegram because you never know, right? You never know what's going to happen with Twitter. And so I would, I would encourage everybody to make sure that you maintain all of those accounts and in good standing, et cetera, because, okay, that's great that he's coming in. We don't know for sure. We don't know. Anyway, you're, you were going back to your list. Yeah, no free speech. The more speech, the better. Uh, I would say Megan Murphy. She was banned in 2018 for calling Jessica Yaniv him. She wrote, yeah, him. And uh, that was it. She got nuked. Babylon B's account should come back. They got banned for calling Dr. Rachel Levine a man. Um, Dr. Rachel Levine is definitely a man. So uh, Babylon B should not have been kicked off for telling the truth. Neither should Megan Murphy. Independent journalist Savannah Hernandez. She writes for the Post Millennial and uh, she should be back as well. She got nailed for ban evasion. And at the time she got nailed for ban evasion, she had never had any other account. Project Veritas should be back on the platform. This is a legitimate press. Bring James O'Keefe back. Yes. Yes. James O'Keefe. Again, they nailed him for ban evasion. This is what they do when they just don't like you and they want you off the platform. They come up with ban evasion. They never have to prove it. There's no way to appeal that. They just decide it and then they kick you off. Yeah, that's my that's my short list of people. I'll even throw out, um, you know, I'll throw out uh, Destiny, Stephen Bonnell. Mm -hmm. Um, He's Mm -hmm. someone who should be on. Obviously, I'm going to go out and say it, you know, Steve Bannon in War Room, throw on Alex Mm -hmm. Jones and Infowars. Just bring bring everyone, even Milo, even Milo, bring everybody back. Don't play favorites with this thing. Just let people back, let them work through and set up a system, right? Set up an actual system where if you're going to have a verification system, you you verify those people, you keep them verified. You don't make it like this sort of uh, gift that we're bestowing on you that, mm-hmm. you know, if you hit these wickets, then you get your blue check and you get verified. And that's the reason why, like, for example, you know, so you and I are both verified on Twitter and yet there's other people that work at post-millennial or human events that have the same or comparable titles to us. And yet they can't get verified. It doesn't make any sense. Right. Katie Davis Court, who used to be with Post Millennial, she's now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Her blue check was pulled. They pulled it off because. She oh, had really? I hadn't heard that. From, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was because she had been reporting from uh, Washington on January 6th. Wow. So because I know she her, did the, the Freedom Convoy as well. She was with the truckers in, yeah. in the Netherlands. Right. And then I forgot she if she went to Canada or not. Mm-hmm. No, we and had it's, it's ridiculous. covering in Canada. Oh, in, right, right, uh, right. Ottawa. Yeah, she did Look, a great at job. At the end of the day, but there's yeah, so many people that have been banned. 
So many people that have been banned, no transparency whatsoever. And then you can see these crazy employees like tweeting at Elon Musk saying, oh, how dare you come in? How dare you be here? How dare you be in these spaces? I'm sorry. Right. And this open letter t demanding, you know, Elon and, and writing out a list of what he's going to do with, again, his new company. You're actually dealing with, you know, to your point about these people have never actually worked a real job in their lives. You're also dealing with people that have never actually had any accountability for their actions ever in life before. Yeah, that's pretty interesting as well. And if you don't work hard and you don't have accountability, then you think whatever you have to say randomly off the cuff is really meaningful and important. And it's it's just not like stand on your own feet, matter, take up some space in the world before you start complaining about everybody else's hard efforts. I, I once heard somebody point out that, and this was interesting, that it, it always kind of stuck with me that they said America... America went wrong when people, when everybody started believing that they should be the ones in the parade and nobody should have to be the ones just watching anymore. And I said, I thought about that. I said, yeah, oh, that's, it, that's really interesting that like we, we took away the idea that people can be exceptional. We took away the idea that people should, or that, you know, that could, there could be any hierarchy whatsoever in anything, right? Obviously when obviously, you know, objectively, when you look at something like, I don't know, sports, there's obviously a hierarchy in sports, you know, that's the whole point. Um, you know, you want to win, you want to be the best. And if you're better at baseball or basketball or, or football, if you have physical attributes that lend yourselves to committing that task better then guess what? You are going to be better than anyone who's, I don't know, shorter, slower, stout, whatever it is, right? You know, just obviously you're yeah. going to be better. And so that's how the whole world works. So we shouldn't be trying to bend all of these industries and all of these companies into some sort of belief system that's like a secular, that's become a secular religion that everything everywhere must al always be equal. But at the same time, we have to celebrate our diversity. Yeah, and we've completely forgotten how important humility is. I saw a tweet from Sank at Young Turks complaining about how no one was picking up the trash in LA and how it was somebody else's job. And I'm just thinking like, none of us is above picking up the trash. There's nothing Absolutely. wrong with Well, on, on that note, Libby, on that note, let me, let's hold everybody over because it's time for our next break. Stay with us. Who's gonna pick up the trash in an America where everyone gets a trophy? <laughs> Stay right here. Human Events Daily continues. Do you see a path uh, for him to make money doing this? Yeah, I see a path for him to make money doing this, which is basically to turn it not into, I mean, if you look at the revenues per user on Twitter, they're very small compared to revenues per user on anything from Google and Facebook to, uh, you know, YouTube, other things. So if you start saying, how do we get up revenue per user? How do we uh, charge people to have uh, verification and uh, be on the service? How do we use it as a payments platform so that if people want to put out songs or they want to put out videos or they want to make things just as you would on WeChat? Uh, I think there's a lot of ways to make money on this platform. Look, obviously, we know that when it comes to Elon, uh, of course, he comes from the PayPal mafia, right? So it's him, Peter Thiel, others, though Elon and Peter do not get along. I don't know if people all know that whole backstory, but story for another day. But um, the idea that Elon wouldn't use it as some sort of payment processor with Twitter, I mean, it's, it's kind of silly. I mean, that's that's sort of been his whole point of getting involved in any tech business from the very start, going back 20, what, 25 years now. 
Um, but one of the biggest things that I can think of, and I saw Zuby, um, so he tweeted at Elon this morning, and then Elon tweeted back at him when Elon was talking about advertisers and making money off of this, is to say, you've got to come up with some way to make Twitter monetizable for content creators, those top five most engaged accounts, sort of your super user accounts. And Elon said, yes, agreed, because right now, all that's happening is that Twitter is making money off of those accounts rather than anyone actually getting a cut of it. I said the easiest way to split the difference on that and to help everybody out, Elon Musk, and I'm going to say this right to you, go and make a deal with Rumble, integrate Rumble into Twitter. You will make billions of dollars overnight. You split a percentage of that with uh, with the users. You split a percentage of that, obviously, with the company, with, with Rumble themselves. Everybody's going to be making money overnight. Integrate with Rumble. You will make exponential profits off of this thing. There's there's hardly any back end. And then all you basically have to do is, is um, store the stuff. But Rumble Cloud's already going to be doing that. You will put YouTube on its back if you do this. So Libby, what do you think about the idea of bringing in this monetization for Twitter? I think that's a really cool idea. I like that idea. I like bringing in Rumble. I think Rumble is a very cool platform. A lot of people are switching to it as they find that they keep getting banned on YouTube or their videos are taken down or some kind of equally non-transparent nonsense as you know the pre-Musk Twitter was engaging in. And yeah, I mean, make it monetizable for content creators. Why not? Content creators so often are just out there giving it all away for free. And it'd be nice to see some return on that uh, investment of creativity for sure. No, not to not to get in too much with, but post millennial, you um, worked with Rumble. Obviously, a lot of these people. Have you found that Rumble's been a good and stable source in terms of working as a content partner? Yeah, I, we like Rumble a lot. We put Rumble clips in our stories. We used to put YouTube clips in our stories, and we do not do that anymore. We exclusively put. Rumble clips in, and we also put in a lot of Twitter clips. We do that. We do both of those things, and we like it. It's a it's a fun platform. I was actually um, talking to another content creator, uh, Chrissy Mayer, who is debuting on Rumble um, tonight. So that's exciting. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of people yeah. now. I think Viva started a show over there. I know uh, Richard Barris has a show that I think he mm -hmm. simulcasted on Rumble and a few different things. Obviously, Ricky had a law. We just mentioned him yesterday. They're on exclusively. Mm -hmm. I, I think Rumble's fantastic. I think it's amazing. I also love, by the way, Getter live stream, just in total aside from what we're talking about, but just the Getter live stream itself. I know, you know, what's up to all the Getter folks that are watching right now in the chat. Um, it's one of the most powerful live streaming platforms they're in because what Rumble needs to do, I think, really is number one, put some more money into their street, their live streaming app, make it possible for us to just be able to go live directly from your phone. And then also put some work into it so that you can pause and rewind during the live stream, because that's something that Getter has. Obviously, YouTube has that. I find it absolutely crucial when I'm watching something that I can pause it, I can go do something, I can fast forward through something if I need, if I want to, if I say like, hey, you know, this, this, uh, you know, this interview is boring, or it's just not, not interesting to me, zip right through it, get to right where I need to go. I love it. I think that would be great too, a rewind feature, because especially since so many things happen remotely. And so as a reporter, a lot of times I will cover something off of a live stream. 
And being able to pause that live stream and go back would be really helpful if you want to see what happened, um, you know, almost in real time. It's interesting what you say about Getter, because I know you were really big on Periscope for a while. So it's good <sighs> to know that there's another. I want. So th yeah, platform. that's my that's my whole thing is have Twitter work with Rumble and reestablish some kind of Periscope like uh, setup. I mean, that's, I was getting at one, this is why they shut it down, by the way, because I was getting millions of views on this thing and they completely mm -hmm. shut the whole thing down. Libby, we're just about out of time for tonight here on this edition of Human Moments Daily. By the way, I, we got a lot of response yesterday about you coming on. Everybody loves the new format of just us just sort of chatting about what's going on in the news rather than the hard takes from before, but we are keeping it short as we have always done. So let's peop, let people know your coordinates. Where can they go to find you? What's anything you want to promote? I'm at Libby Emmons on Twitter, and I'm at the Post Millennial every day. You can come check it out. I'll be on Tim Pool, uh, what is it, November 7th and 8th, doing election stuff, so you can tune into that. Also, I'll be at um, Let Women Speak, which is a women's speaking event hosted by uh, British women's rights campaigner Kelly J. Keene, and that's going to be in New York on November 14th. Sounds absolutely amazing. I'm actually going to be on Tim Pool tonight, believe it or not. So, ladies and gentlemen, as always, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you, be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us. Share this out with one, just one of your normie friends, and then leave us your five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, remember, tweet at us, at Human Events Pod on Twitter, all one word, Human Events Pod. We're going to check that. We're going to see your comments, your tips, your memes, whatever you got. Send it to us. If you've got some information you'd like us to share, super excited. Also, of course, this Sunday, we've got the Sunday special coming up. Myself, Dr. Taylor Marshall, going into these myths about Halloween being some kind of pagan holiday. It never was. Uh, the Christian origins of Halloween, but we get spooky too. We also talk about the demonic. We talk about exorcisms. We talk about the occult and why Christians should stay away from those things. Also, this Friday, coming up, Salem Now, the next episode of Border Battle will drop. I believe it's the final episode, episode six. Tremendous response to this. Make sure you go check it out, Salem Now, Border Battle. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore. <laughs>